Utopia, a show for the Monero community where all are welcome to join. From noob to maxi, no matter what bags you hold. Just sit back and relax to the sweet sounds of Monero's latest progress. Or if you're feeling inspired, join us on stage. Remember, the only thing that can stop Monero is a false belief that it can be stopped. And if you want to win the revolution faster, we recommend you remove your XMR from all custodial exchanges immediately. Warning, voting accidents are common around here. Don't forget to properly secure your private keys. Monerotopia starts now. Good morning, good morning. Oh, wait, Cindy is saying it doesn't work on Spaces? Really? Okay. Oh, wait, really? Screw this. All right, screw the Spaces. I heard something um, a little bit ago. Yikes. It's always Twitter Sorry spaces. about that. Yeah, don't worry about it. Just screw the Spaces. So what's going on? Good morning. Yeah, good morning. I see you're uh, not in the Monerotopia studio. No, no, we're on the road. We're at a uh, family wedding. Um, nice, nice. The show must go on. What uh, what are we doing today? What do we got? So we'll do. So we've got uh, everything. Um, <laughs> Who do we have as guests today? Hyundai Hausen, if I said that correctly. <laughs> yes. All right. Yeah, I haven't spoken to him in a while, and he just developed something new. Correct. He did yeah. He developed XMR Guide, which is a cool little website that lets you quickly uh, generate a Docker Compose file, which lets you easily run a Monero node on any Linux-based system, specifically for Ubuntu. Very cool. Yep. Okay, very cool. We'll get to that. And do we have Tony for news? We may or may not. We may or may not. It's always a mystery. Um, all right, well, let's kick it off. Let's get it. Let's get started with press report. All so right. I, I can get back to the festivities over here. The Monerotopia Price Report segment is sponsored by Local Monero. Avoid using KYC exchanges. Buy and sell Monero directly for fiat, peer-to-peer. Good morning, buddy. Hey, guys. How's it going? Yo, buddy. Good, man. How you doing? Pretty good. Not uh, not super prepared for the price report, but that's because nothing happened with price. I, I guess the stocks kind of went down, but um, yeah. Where you, uh, if you don't mind me asking where you at, you said you're on the road? Yeah, I'm in Virginia. Um, okay. Which isn't too far from New York, but took us eight hours to get here because I don't know if you guys saw in the news, New York got walloped with a storm yesterday. Oh. Yeah, yeah I, I saw videos about that. That's insane. We drove through it. It took us two hours to get from <laughs> Are you serious? out of New York. Oh, like almost three hours to get out of New York City. We, we live in Queens. Wow. And it took us, I mean, it, we obviously didn't leave at the the best time, but we had to leave at that time to try to make it. Um, it ended up being but like probably the worst moment throughout the entire year to have to drive that route is the time that we decided to drive it. Um, but what yeah, other than that, it's been great. It's been great. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Um, oh, yeah. I'll go ahead and uh, try and uh, speed through this so that you can get back to uh, the festivities. Um, so yeah. um, not really quite sure where to start. Maybe, uh, maybe let's take a look at the NASDAQ and global liquidity. So these are stocks right here. Um, and then we're looking at global liquidity. So the white line is uh, global. And then the green line is just the Fed or just the United States. Um, we could hypothetically, uh, we could hypothetically, oh, we are including M2SL. Okay. Um, I typically don't include M2SL because it's so delayed 
Um, and we get the Fed balance sheet numbers every week. And we also have the uh, reverse repos. So both of those kind of factor in. As liquidity goes up, you kind of expect there's more money sloshing around the system. So you kind of expect uh, risk assets to go up. So global liquidity has uh, kind of been stepping its way down. And it does seem like global liquidity did lead the stock market, uh, or at least it was closer, more in tandem with the stock market when the recovery happened um, late last year, early this year. Right now, what we're seeing from the U.S. liquidity situation is kind of a big drop off. So um, the combination of these signals right now would suggest that the stock markets are at a minimum probably not going to get to a new all time high. I personally think, that, again, the thesis is that we're going to keep going down through the end of the year. Doesn't mean we're going to have a major crash, but, uh, but you know, it could happen. Um, looking at the yield spreads, so overall yield curve inversion is these two red and pink lines on the bottom. The difference is that um, uh, I forget which one is which. One of these is like just the smaller set of yields that have existed since like 1961. And the other one is um, basically all of the yields that they added after like 1981. Anyways, um, you can see that the yield curve is starting to almost come back to the zero point. We're not seeing a big spike up, but um, this is kind of like an early, early um, warning sign that there could be a recession sort of um, headed our way. Um, next year would probably be the year to think that it could happen. <clears throat> Um, again, the other thing that I really want to see here to think that recession is is getting imminent is these short-term yields to be below the federal funds rate. So if the Fed bumps rates here in a month or two um, and it's up here and maybe these yields fall some, that's, again, that's sort of like uh, confirmation that we might be headed towards a recession. Uh, let's see here. Dollar index. Um, yeah, I, I, we talked about this last week. I said that uh, this line, this horizontal support was probably a place that you know, we might see some resistance, um, but no, it just kind of pumped up anyways. We've been seeing a little bit of erratic action from the dollar as of late when it crashed down here, did this crazy thing, faked out to the downside and then came right back up. Um, that that could be insiders. The dollar is such a huge market, so it's hard to think that um, like which insiders could actually move the market like that. Um, but either way, uh, we do seem to be having finally a little bit of resistance here with that one red candle, but we'll really just have to see on this one. Um, like I said, this thing could just kind of move all the way up here to the upper standard deviations. Um, I, the dollar can just be unpredictable like that. I really, really do think that at a minimum, if the dollar doesn't take a pause uh, right now, right, and hang out in this area, um, this upper standard deviation cluster in combination with this pleb line, um, that's like, that should be a very, very good spot to expect resistance. Um, that's probably a very, very good spot to take a short if you're a Forex trader. Um, let's see here. Oh, we need to talk about gold. So um, gold, I've kind of been hesitating on because, you know, if the markets are going down, gold just tends to meander on down with it. Um, but at the same time, so I've kind of, I'm in some stable coins right now. I don't like it. I especially don't like, I have some tether. Um, because I'm, you know, I, I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket. I don't want to be exposed only to USDC. I don't want to be exposed only to Tether. I am liking the situation with Binance and Tether and all of that less and less as things go forward. Um, that doesn't mean I'm calling for them to go bankrupt. So no haters, please out there be like, oh, you're just a Tether truther, right? Or Tether X, or whatever. Um, so but I, I, I am looking to get into a gold pegged coin. I think Pax G is probably like the most popular one. That's probably the one I would go with. Um, but I didn't quite want to do it yet because the chart, you know, it does kind of look like, hey, we've got this very long term rising support. And I, I kind of want to get into this zone down here before I before I buy. That seems like the most ideal scenario. Um, but you also have to realize, like, what is this like eight percent down? That's like a Tuesday for crypto. So uh, 
um, that, you know, gold is stable. Again, like the idea of being in gold is that it's a stable asset that shouldn't have too much downside, but does have the opportunity to pump at some point here. So I'll probably start picking up some Pax G, um, getting out of those stable coins, um, or at least limiting my stable coin exposure um, in terms of USDC and Tether. Um, probably try and uh, stay in DAI, although DAI is also intimately connected to those markets. Um, so yeah, that's gold. Uh, let's go to let's all right. Let's take a little bit closer look well, at the Nasdaq what, stocks. Go ahead. What, you gotta, what kind of pump? What kind of pump would you potentially expect on gold? And how how high could so, things possibly get? So um, one comparison that I'm I'm really liking that I really like at the moment is the comparison to the 70s and the 80s, um, particularly the 70s when gold pumped like crazy um, because inflation was high. I think we're looking at a very similar situation. I think gold has a lot of catching up to do um, in terms of you know how much the inflation has hit. Um, overall, the the chart <clears throat> is set up in a, in a very long term scenario. So this is this is weekly. Let's go to the monthly. It's just easier to see on the monthly. So we've got like this very big rising triangle right here. And um, you know, this thing really, you really expect this thing to pump to the upside and targets on this um, are somewhere around the range of 3000. So uh, the other thing that, let's go back to the daily. Okay, so these purple lines, um, they're, they're kind of like this, this statistical concept where you take the, the standard deviation of the standard deviation. It's kind of a weird concept. The blue line itself is standard deviation um, and then the idea is that we're going to, for whatever time period this is, the or sorry, I should say this is the moving standard deviation, just like you have a moving average, you have a moving standard deviation. So you take the standard deviation of this blue line, of the actual standard deviation, and then you add that on top, and that's what you get the purple lines. And what's crazy is that you get like very good predictive capacity at blow-off points. So for example, like the 2011 blow-off was just this statistical level that just happened, just so happened to work. And I see this on charts all the time. Um, so anyways, my target right here would be Right now, that would be about 3,000, right, uh, 3,200. But as this moves on into the future and starts going up, this purple line is also going to start going up. So we could be looking, like, honestly, we could be looking at $3,000, $4,000 gold. That would be my target. And I would expect that to happen um, right as the next bull market starts to kick off, like as stocks. So you would see gold move up. Stocks would kind of recover. Um, gold would bounce big. Um, and then stocks would start moving up and then gold would peak as stocks are moving up. So somewhere in that range is where you kind of want to bounce out of gold and into stocks. Um, you know, it's got to play it by ear. You got to, you got to, you know, do some estimations or whatever. Um, but ultimately this chart looks like it's going to end somewhere in the middle of 2025. Almost always these kinds of rising triangles break to the upside before you actually hit their intersection point. Um, so I would really expect gold to break out sometime next year, maybe the middle of next year, maybe the end of next year, um, but sometimes gold just does, you know, price can do whatever it wants, right? I'm just some dude here looking at lines and, and drawing some pleb lines. Price can just shoot to the upside for any reason, um, you know, that we might not know about. So um, hopefully that kind of answers your question in a roundabout yeah, way. Definitely, definitely. One thing, so one thing that happened, um, <clears throat> one thing that happened, I think it was Thursday. Um, maybe I've got the day wrong. The Bank of Japan opened a bond buying window, but it was just for like $2 billion dollars. Um, actually, it was it was Thursday night that news came out, and then Friday yesterday, um, stocks like gapped up. They opened higher, so this was Thursday right here, um, and then stocks opened up here. Um, so they opened uh, about a percent higher, which for the Nasdaq is is pretty significant. That's a that's a big move. That's a big gap to the upside. Um, so 
I think what happened is that the news was like, oh, Bank of Japan, you know, central bank intervention, et cetera. And then people are like, oh, wait, it's only $2 billion. And so then uh, basically after gapping up, stocks just came back down. So overall, you can kind of see the chart structure here. Um, where NASDAQ is basically back in this trend, uh, back in this um, channel. Uh, I think that getting out of this channel was kind of getting ahead of itself. Um, to me, this is a very clear head and shoulders pattern, and it's basically confirmed. Um, oh, it's, it's broken down now um, below effectively this line right here. Um, so right now, it's kind of like playing at that resistance area. My personal opinion is to expect this thing to move to the downside of the channel. Um, that, you know, that, that should happen within the next month or so, probably sooner rather than later. Um, the S&P looks like it's holding on just a little bit stronger, but, but not quite. Um, or I'm sorry, I, I had that backwards. The NASDAQ is holding on uh, a little bit better than the S&P. As you can see, the S&P has kind of already broken down its, um, its neckline, and it hasn't even gotten above it. So um, we could like maybe try and draw some lines down here, something like that, potentially. But ultimately, the downside target from this head and shoulders on the S&P would be this level right here, so right about 4,000. So it um, doesn't have to get there immediately. Stock market often can take its time getting places, uh, especially to the downside. Um, so yeah, just know that that's, that's out there in the cards. Um, this chart, this, so this is the NASDAQ divided by the S&P. This chart looks slightly bullish to me, um, although typically you don't usually see from with the wave magic, you don't usually see it come to the from the bottom of this, the lower standard deviation all the way to the top of the upper standard deviation and then just keep going. That's typically not what happens, but the stock market gets special consideration for being highly optimistic. Um, so as you can see, this has just kind of been flat here. Uh, I would really personally, I would like to see this go to the downside. This looking slightly bullish um, would maybe like be a counterpoint against the, the down, the notion that stocks are going to move down through the end of the year. Um, but who knows, maybe people are just optimistic and they're just going to stay in, in, um, in, uh, tech stocks. One thing that, that might happen towards the end of this year is, so if you remember last year, we had a big bear market, people in December sell their losers so that they can write off those tax losses and then they rebuy in January. So you get the January effect, which is a big part of, um, you know, why things moved up so strongly. So we might get something like that towards the end of the year, especially if stocks continue to meander on down, if everything kind of just like keeps uh, falling through October and November, um, you'll probably see people sell some stocks, take some losses. It won't be a massive effect like it was last year, but it, it, there's the possibility that it could be an effect. So that's just uh, another thing to keep in mind. Um, let's take a look at Bitcoin. Uh, we, we've got that Bitcoin has basically broken out of one of its um, sort of near-term falling triangles. So this line right here. Um, so, I mean, you can see that's a pretty clear line to, to break out of. Um, it looks like it wants to, but it's also got sort of this longer term, uh, this lower line right here to deal with. So there's just like one thing that's developing in this chart is you can see I've got all these stupid lines drawn everywhere and this is, it's just messy. So Bitcoin has kind of all these levels. It's got these resistances everywhere. It's kind of got these supports. Um, so it's like, I wouldn't really trust the, the pleb lines on this chart too much. Um, but you know, for the meantime, like that is like mildly optimistic, at least it's like above, um, you know, some critical levels. So, uh, Ethereum, Bitcoin, we've got this continuing downwards, uh, uh, this descending wedge. And so kind of bounced off sort of near the lower range there. Again, just expect this thing to keep meandering down until the next bull market, um, hits. And as soon as that next bull market starts to look at least optimistic, this thing will probably break to the upside. Uh, to do, of course, XMR, BTC, but 
uh, this, I just got nothing to show you here. There, there, nothing happened. <laughs> um, the XMR BTC chart is still just chopping sideways. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that we're coming up to the end of this, uh, of this sideways chop sort of range here uh, in the middle of November. I'm kind of surprised, maybe not surprised, but, uh, you know, I kind of would have hoped this thing would have broken to the upside sooner rather than later. But at the same time, it does kind of look like crypto is hanging on. Interestingly, um, stocks have been negative while crypto has been just ever so slightly positive. Um, it's almost like stocks and crypto are slightly anti-correlated at the moment. Um, maybe not anti-correlated, but, you know, like just ever so slightly. Um, okay, so here's Monero USD flat, nothing. We're just hanging out in these lower standard deviation bands. It does look like on the short term, uh, we might break. We have kind of broken this, uh, this down sloping resistance line. Um, so there are kind of like these little cracks of optimism at the moment in the crypto ecosystem, which is interesting because stocks don't look so great. Um, during the bull market and especially during the bear market, we talked about how stocks and crypto are correlated and, you know, it's kind of this risk on, um, you know, if it's risk on in stocks, people go into tech stocks, which is the NASDAQ. And if it's risk on in tech stocks, then you got tech stocks on steroids, which is crypto. So people pile into crypto even more. And then that gets front run by the exchanges and the insiders and the market makers. Um, so you get these big parabolic moves in crypto. Right now, over the past, let's just say four to six months, we've seen uh, we've seen the reverse. We've seen where stocks will go up and crypto is flat or slightly negative. And now we're kind of seeing where crypto is flat and slightly positive, and stocks are um, and, and stocks are going down. So that's that's just an interesting thing um, that's happening. Okay, let's take a quick look at uh, at the stablecoin situation. So in orange we've got USDT, and then in blue we've got USDC. So you'll notice that after the first, really like what I consider to be the real top, um, th this isn't really a higher high if you adjust for inflation because the inflation had already started hitting. Regardless, you saw the stable coins continue to rise even after this top. And even after the, the secondary top, we still saw stable coins continue to rise in their market cap, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, I wonder if that's like, was kind of them trying to keep the bull market going, trying to restart the bull market and just kind of couldn't. Um, <clears throat> but anyways, bounty on that 2008 Call of Duty. <laughs> I'm on my cell phone today, <laughs> sure. so I've got my uh, I've got my Shure microphone plugged into my cell phone. So, well, I don't know. I guess I'll have to listen to this and see how if it sounds different. <laughs> but I'm definitely not on a headset. Uh, headset. So he, he might be, be referring to me. Though. I don't know. I'm oh, rocking a headset. Oh, okay, today. you meant to say Doug. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Wait, really? Are you are you on your Call of Duty or uh, or Halo, Mike? No, I mean it's it's no. We bought this just for the road but yeah i guess it does look reminiscent of a call of duty style gamer like, yeah don't lie man You're i'm, I'm no gamer i'm know. no gamer <laughs> i'm no gamer guys sorry <laughs> i used to i used Go to ahead. play halo and that was pretty much it but uh then uh, i was like no man this is just taking too much time I, I, what am i going to do with my life play video games no so i threw my xbox away and never looked back highly recommended nice. by the way yes so uh anyways opt, okay we're opt looking out at, of games what's that opt, opt out of games Get, get, get into the yeah. real world. I mean, that's what they like. That's what the cabal wants you to do, right? They want you on your Xbox, on your uh, PlayStation, not part of the real world, not doing anything. Um, it, this stuff is more interesting, anyways, to me. Like after after finally getting into it, I was like, you know what? This is this is actually more interesting than video games. Um, so uh, I mean, at least you know, to me, maybe because I'm a nerd. But uh, 
Anyways, okay, so we've got stable coins here. The the thing that I really wanted to point out here is that Tether has their market cap has significantly risen, um, really basically to all time highs at this point, even higher than than the bull market. Whereas USDC has um, has fallen. And earlier, like a maybe a month or two ago, we talked about how hey, this looks like it might be flattening out, and then it took like another big um, another drop here. I think that's like a billion dollar drop. Um, so it's interesting. The theory is that the only like cogent theory I've heard so far is that um, people are getting out of USDC. They're cashing out of USDC because you can actually redeem that. Um, and people say that you can't really redeem your tethers. Um, it, it depends on who you listen to. Um, the people that support tether are people I deeply mistrust. So, you know, it's, uh, but we'll, I guess we'll just have to wait and see and see you know, what's, what's going to happen with this. Um, at least it's a signal that if USDC starts coming back to the upside, that's probably a good sign for crypto overall. Um, but overall, the um, let's take a look at the uh, the over. Like I have a uh, I have a dominances calculator here for Bitcoin for Ethereum, but really we're just going to look at the stablecoin dominance. So we're going to show the total stablecoin market cap right now, um, and that would be in white. And sorry, let me should have probably done this before. Or I actually had this on and then I deleted it. So overall, the stablecoin market cap in white has been slowly, slowly, slowly bleeding out and dropping. Um, we'll probably look at this to determine, you know, things like bullish signals. If this thing starts to turn around, um, we'll probably look at that as a bullish signal, especially like here's an ideal situation. Let's suppose that um, that Bitcoin and total market cap comes to the downside, right? Let's suppose it kind of does that meandering down thing that we talk about. And then it flattens out down here. And then we see the uh, the stablecoin total market cap in white. You know, let's suppose that's also kind of coming down. And then it starts to pop while uh, you know while Bitcoin is flat. This would be kind of an early sign that hey, crypto is probably getting ready to start moving to the upside again. So um, that's just like one kind of sort of fundamental piece, rather than the technical analysis. Um, you know, rather than drawing lines and looking at uh, moving standard deviations and moving averages. Right. This is more of a fundamental aspect that we could look at. Um, and okay. So there's kind of like one signal that's, I haven't really dug into this, um, enough to, to say if it was a signal or not, but what we have here is chain link on the bottom. Um, actually let's go back really quick. Let me show you that. Uh, so chain link is in white and these are Z scores. So you can see that chain link has just been outperforming everything. Um, I've got some link. I've been hanging on to it. I'm telling myself that it's a hodl, but <laughs> I kind of want to sell because, you know, it's in profit and I don't want it to go back down. Um, so I've, you know, I've got to wrestle with that, uh, personally here in the coming week or two, um, because it really is like Chainlink is, is hitting this resistance point, um, that, uh, you know, that's, it's, it's kind of like had this, these continuous cycles since last year, since really a year ago where it, it pops and it drops, it pops and it drops and it just keeps doing this. Um, and one thing that, that someone pointed out is that. We have often seen where like Bitcoin will make a, a big peak um, or crypto like Bitcoin. Let's just say Bitcoin and Ethereum will make a peak and then Chainlink will follow and then it'll all crash together. So like the, the Chainlink bounce is kind of like a, you know, so we see Chainlink coming to the upside and then everything starts moving back to the downside. So we've got another Chainlink signal here that's been happening really kind of this year um, that, uh, you know, Chainlink was a little bit delayed. It came back and then, uh, you know maybe is it about to fall as soon as probably your best bet here as soon as this thing starts to falter by even one day uh, or two days max um you know like you see a big wick to the upside or something like that that's probably the time to get out because then this thing will probably move to the downside so at the moment like i said i'm really out of the markets for the most part i've got some 
shit coins like Chainlink, or I don't know if it's a shit coin, but I got some altcoins like Chainlink and a few others that, you know, if my thesis is wrong, that things are going to move to the downside um, over the next, you know, let's just say two to six months. Um, if I'm wrong about that, I've got these coins here. Something like Chainlink should perform pretty well if the rest of the crypto market is going up. So it's like my personal insurance um, against my thesis being wrong. So um, I think that's about it, guys. Uh, unless you guys, oh, you know, you asked about the housing market. I didn't really put anything together for that, but we can at least look at kind of this sawtooth action. Right now, we're in the season for housing to sort of take a dip. You know, you can see every year it's got this sawtooth. So, um, you know, the, the housing prices start moving down towards the end of the year. People don't really buy houses as much. Um, so we kind of saw this, uh, this, this peak back up. Um, and it's actually like, it's surprisingly holding out pretty well here for the past couple of months. Usually we would have expected to see this move to the downside already. So anyways, that's housing. Um, we'll talk more about that. I'll try and put something more comprehensive together. Yeah. But, uh, you got any questions? Uh, Anon man is asking back to the gold thing. Uh, he's saying, I want to buy some PAXG as well, buy a Monero, but concerned that the ERC address can be flagged. Any any thoughts on that? Hmm. Um, well, I mean, you need to convert, obviously, from Monero to Ethereum. I would say use uh, Trocador. Um, I think most of those are... I've never had any problems cashing out of Monero into a stable coin and then dropping that onto an exchange or something like that. If you if you're really concerned, I I suppose you could um you could use Kraken, right? Cuz you send Monero there, you get your Ethereum, it's going to be wholly sanctified and blessed by the authorities um that you have good mm. ETH. <laughs> you could you could try using the uh, the atomic swap. I mean, obviously, you know that that's a pretty cool idea. I don't I wouldn't expect you know what you could do actually do a test amount. Send some amount of like let's say it's 5% from Monero into Ethereum, whichever way you choose, uh, buy your Pax G, um, and then let it sit for a, a couple weeks. Maybe sell that Pax G. Uh, by the way, this is going to incur a lot of ETH fees at the same time. So, um, I couldn't recommend um, I couldn't recommend uh, uh, rollups just yet. But I know a lot of people play in rollups. I don't know if Pax G is available available in ETH L2. Um, those bridges are starting to get a lot better. I I know of that these things are working, but I am not like I can't say that I've gone and looked at it and that I'm comfortable with it personally. I'm still like before I get into ETHL2, I'm still kind of waiting until we see this thing good for another year. Um, maybe I'll probably put some money in there as the bull market starts to kick off. Um, maybe, you know, not a whole lot. But um, yeah, I mean, that's that would be my recommendation. Buy a small amount up front and then and then buy the rest later. Okay. Has Pax G been around for a while? Yeah. So Pax is a um, is a pretty like I think they're a New York based exchange. Um, I thought it was New York based, and they're fairly reputable, I, I believe. Um, I they're really the only guys that I would trust for um, you know for for holding gold at this moment. Tether has a gold token as well, but I mean. <laughs> Well, the the point of getting into Pax G is to is to uh, spread your risk, your stable coin or pegged coin, your third party risk among multiple people, not just Tether. Um, so for me, like, OK, I've got some Tether uh, shamefully admitted live on on camera here. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'd like to move out of that Tether and I don't trust their their gold product either. So um, but yeah, I mean, Pax G Pax, is fairly I, reputable. That's Pax full, right? Is that or Pax, right? Is that the... Paxful, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been around for forever. Uh, do you know the, like the volume on PaxG? Is it is it decent decent volume? Oh, um, you know, I don't know. Maybe we could look that up. Let's go to another another page here. 
Um, PaxG. Hmm. Where is the ERC? I, I don't know. I don't want to waste too much time here on the stream, but... Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, no worries. PaxG, USDT. There's Bybit. Uniswap, finally. Uh, I don't know which contract it is. Let's just go with the first one. And then we can take a look at the volume. So one thing, another reason um, to get into gold on PaxG is because um, it doesn't have huge liquidity. So when gold spikes, PaxG spikes even more. Like I've seen it be 20 um, or maybe even 30% above um, above the actual spot price of gold. So that kind of gives you some opportunity to do swing trades um, if, you're, if you're a DGEN that is so inclined. Uh, okay. I don't know what the units here, but that's not a whole lot. Um, I would assume that one Pax G is basically an ounce of gold. That's usually how these volume numbers work. So like if we we're looking at Bitcoin volume, this would be like, you know, 2000 Bitcoin. Um, so in this case, it's probably the number of Pax G being traded. So you would multiply by the US dollar price. So it looks like um, probably a couple million at best is being traded uh, or sorry, uh, maybe 4 million at best is being traded per day, it looks like. Um, which is, you know, it's pretty good. Like that's an, unless you're, you know, unless you're going to move a million dollars um, into PaxG, uh, you know, this this is pretty good. Um, but again, like uh, this is very tentative. I'm, I need to confirm that this is even the right chart. Um, let's take a look at gold. Let's like lay these two on top of each other. Style. Let's go to line. Uh, dang it. All right. We're going to kill this volume right here because it's getting in the way. And that's weird. Oh, that's why it does that. Okay. Um, yeah, okay, so this does look like PaxG. Um, huh. I swear that at one time I saw... Yeah, yeah, okay, so you can see these big wicks up here. Um, so the candles are PaxG, and then the orange is gold itself. Um, so, yeah, you can see these big wicks um, to the upside. Uh, yeah, that was a 20%. This wick right here in March was 20% higher. Um, even now, recently, that's uh, only 3%. So it seems to track pretty well, the price. Um, and if you get... You know, really what I would do um, as a trader is I would I would make a script to tell me what the divergence is between um, gold and PaxG. <clears throat> and then I would look for opportunities where the divergence is significant and try and buy down there. Um, these are wicks that probably only, let's, let's go to like a shorter time frame. These wicks probably don't last very long. Uh, yeah, so we're looking at at best an hour. Let's go down to the 15 minute chart. Yeah, so what happens is people put orders in. So what you might do is use something. <laughs> this is total DGEN stuff, guys. So please, like, understand. I'm talking DGEN bullshit. <laughs> this is not recommended for most people. What you can do is get on like Matcha.xyz or OneInch.io. You can put um, a, a buy order or a sell order on the on the books, um, and then try and like ask yourself where are these wicks? Where do they usually get above? Set your buy order somewhere in that wick area. Again, this is a 15 minute chart. So you, these are these are momentary spikes where someone like smashes the buy or sell button and moves price down. Um, and then all the buy orders hit and then they they move to the upside. So um, yeah, that's that's what you could do to get your best price. Personally, um, unfortunately, I, I don't use that enough. Um, I don't use the buy and sell order enough on to get in and out of Ethereum. Um, which the thing is, if you don't use, if you, if you don't use um, orders, you're going to, and if you're using significant amounts of money, you're going to get sandwich attacked. You're going to get front run. You're going to get uh, MEV botted on ETH. So you've got to be really careful about that. But anyways, um, I do think that a good time to get gold is coming up. Um, PaxG is kind of like my number one because they're Paxful and they're like a, a reputable exchange. So it, Maybe they'll hold my shit hostage for KYC someday, but I think the crypto ecosystem is kind of like, no, F you government. 
um, not until like you force us to do so. So we should see those kinds of things coming well ahead of time. Just like if you were paying attention in 2017, you would have seen the forcible KYC on the exchanges happening in real time and been able to get your coin off. So anyways, that's my my gold rant, my Pax G. No, I, I think it's... <laughs> It's, it's good stuff. And so there, there is, there, there's no good way to buy a gold, a gold based uh, stable coin with Monero directly. No, not that I'm aware of. I, I mean, you can, you know, you could go to a gold bullion vault directly with Monero. Um, oh, I forget. I forget which one it's called. It, it's a U.S. Um, bullion vault. Gold. Or you can just buy straight from. Volturo, I think, is, is one of them. I don't know if they. Oh, in uh, Money yeah, Metals. Volturo. Yeah. Volturo. Money I haven't metals. heard of Volturo. Yeah. I have to go check them out. Um, but yeah, I bought I've bought in from Money Metals before, uh, and they just ship at UPS. It's kind of uh, nerve wracking to have gold <laughs> via UPS being shipped to you, but you know, buy insurance. Well, like the, these these instance exchanges, like Trocador or whatever, none of them are carrying a uh, like a Pax G or something to Monero. Um, you know, actually, that's a good question. I would get on Trocador and see if they can send you a Pax G ERC twenty directly. That that might be possible because they've got a whole bunch of coins. Like you can go from Monero to stablecoin to ETH to Bitcoin yeah. or whatever. Um, so you might check that out. But Trocador, like Trocador.app is hands down my favorite. They aggregate all of the different um, swap services. You, you also might check out um, uh, what's the one exchange that everyone that we were using for a while. They're, they're an account-based exchange, but they're non-KYC. Um, if anyone remembers it, they can shout it out in the comments. Trade, trade org? Trade org? Trade Ogre, yeah, that's it. Trade Ogre, okay. Yeah, you might try Trade Ogre. The volume is pretty bad on there, so you kind of you got to put your order in and wait and until it it fills, which means you're you're not going to get the best price because the volume is low. So the Trade Ogre price doesn't exactly match like the Kraken price or any of the other exchanges um, exactly. So just I figured um, that was I just tried... being run by you, buddy. <laughs> I tried Trade Ogre, but uh, just uh, not enough volume. Yeah. Yeah. All right, buddy. Thank you so much. This is this is great as always. I think a, a good topic to discuss. Trying to go from Monero to something gold backed. Cool. Um, well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, man. All Stick right. around. Until next time. Thanks, buddy. How's my sound on these things? Is it all right, Tux? Yeah, it sounds surprisingly okay, considering that looks like the cheapest headset ever. <laughs> it's it's really bad. I think it's like something you would get like on a pl- like they would. Processing. Yeah, it's like something they like give away on a plane or something. It's like yeah, honestly, <laughs> it's like a disposable headset. All right, moving along. Next, we got the dev segment. And now for the Monero development segment. Hey, what's up? Hey, hey man, how's it, how's it going? Uh, it's okay. Actually, the fundraiser got funded, so I'll have a phone maybe by next week. But after that, one hundred percent. All right, but you're you with you're doing well. With what you got, right? Uh, yes. Actually, I didn't really have much time this week, so I, as I, as I told you, I had to pick a not a, that complex topic. But for next week, uh, I got something coming from the same creator uh, from as the XMR Idol Miner. He's made some AI stuff with Monero. Okay, yeah. Let's uh, let's see what you got this week. So, XMR Idol Miner. So uh, as mentioned, this is a really simple Python script, uh, which 
checks your uh, PC if it's idle or not, uh, measured in minutes. So, for example, if you haven't moved your cursor in the full in the last, for example, five minutes, five is the default, then uh, it turns on your XMR rig and uh, mines for you. This is uh, useful for people uh, who, for example, uh, are in home office or just play games on their PC and don't want them to lag. Very cool, very cool. So it's a, it's a quick, easy way to turn your, your PC into a miner without disturbing your, your, your normal PC use. Yes, basically. Uh, currently, it uh, only works with Linux uh, with uh, Xorg by default, but uh, you can change it really easily, for example, uh, for Mac, uh, as Yobi mentioned. It needs Python uh, 3.x from python.org. So it, it uses the PSUtil and the XPrint idle uh, for checking the, the time uh, that you've been idle for. The XPrint idle is specific, specifically for uh, Xorg, but uh, as, as mentioned here, uh, it, it can be used on, on macOS too with a sleep watcher script. The packages are installed by pip install-requirements.txt. Uh, Keep in mind that uh, Xprint idle didn't install for me that for uh, by that way, so you can install it via apt-get install or in uh, in RPM systems uh, via yum install uh, Xprint idle. Uh, download XMR uh, XMRig from their official GitHub and uh, preferably use systemd or uh, if you don't want to, you can use the Python command. Uh, using an export environment variable. So it, it uses an env variable, which I will show my other screen in one second. Uh, did, you, did you test this out? Did you give it a go? Uh, yes, I did. So if I can share my entire screen, yes. Can you put it in? Thank you. So uh, as mentioned here, uh, it can be used by the uh, systemd uh, when creating uh, the file, you can uh, put it in the etc system the system and use the basic config configuration from his GitHub uh, Edge Seven's GitHub uh, and use it the, uh, with the system way, or you can uh, run Python uh, the script the main.py uh, with the way I'm showing here. One second. So it needs a variable, uh, which is which is your uh, path to the X, XMRig, which you can enter uh, this way in uh, Linux. So you need to export a system uh, environment variable, XMRig uh, underline path, and you just uh, enter the path here. You press enter, and that way, now if I'm in the folder which has the scripts, uh, then I can just do python mine.py. Oh, no, sorry, main.py. And uh, this now has my path to the XMR rig in a variable. Uh, the five there is the seconds that I, I've been uh, idle for. And currently it's set to two minutes. So if it, uh, if it hits two minutes, then it's going to start uh, XMR rig in the in the back background. Cool. Uh, do you want to, do you want to see it in in working? Because then yeah. I can 
Uh, okay, then one second, because then I can sure. bring up another terminal and use in the play. Oh, I didn't enter the environment variable here because it's not permanent. I, I love I that you it. tested this out. Now, do you think you're actively going to use this, or what's your recommendation? Uh, I mean, do you think it's a good idea to per, do? Or? Pers personally, for me, uh, I don't usually play games, but when I do, uh, I, I will be using this for sure. So it starts the app, and I can run uh, bits up in the background. I can monitor my processes. Tux, what do you think of this? Oh, uh, it's pretty interesting, but. Uh, What's this? <laughs> I usually yeah, I don't use Xorg. I only use Wayland, and I think most yeah. people now use Wayland. Uh, Is there did you find an alternative to replace? I, I'm not mm. sure if this kind of thing would work on Wayland because of how it's uh, isolated. I'm sure it would work. It just needs the the package for it to work. Uh, I might ask Edge if he knows anything that works with Wayland, or uh, I will search for it myself if you need it. Need it. Someone say, uh, can you already do this via XMR rig? Just setting it to uh, start mining on idle. Can you? I don't think so. Okay. So in maybe a minute or so, it should start uh, mining in the background. Okay, cool. If I if I touch my mouth, uh, mouse, then of course it will cancel the uh, idle time and. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, we can see. In, in the meantime, we, we got a special report over here. We got a message from, from Vic. Uh, I know this news is already out there. Doug, did you already announce that Justin has left Cake and moved on to other projects? He, he is still consulting for Cake here and there, though, so not fully gone. Uh, no, I don't think we've, we've officially mentioned it here on the show. So Justin is no longer with Cake in his full-time capacity. We did mention last week that there was an opening at Cake. Um, so now we know why there's an opening. Um, and I don't know if that position's been filled yet, uh, but Vic had posted it a week or two ago. They're looking for somebody full-time to, to basically take over Justin's role. Um, but I think Tux, Tux, I think you interviewed Justin, right? Do you have any, uh, any more info on it? What, what, like, what is Justin up to? Did, did he say what he's going to be moving on to? No, not specifically. Okay. He's keeping it pretty uh, low key right now, but like uh, like we you just mentioned and like was in the interview, he's still going to be doing some contract work for Cake. Uh, he just said he couldn't devote his full time to Cake anymore, uh, but he'll still be part of the team. And of course, he'll he'll still be in the Monero community for the foreseeable future. But I I don't know. I have no idea. All right, so it's it's not like he's uh, completely moving on to other realms. It sounds like he's staying in the Monero sphere, right? Okay, it should have started mining by now. The Python 3 oh. that pops up uh, on on the right corner sometimes. Uh, it's not the third. It, it's a disappear now. It should be that, but I didn't start uh, XMRig. Uh, yes, process is running. I didn't start XMRig by sudo, so it, it didn't have the uh, MSR. MSR mode, so it, it couldn't start uh, functionally. Sorry, efficiently. Okay. Oh, all right. Well, we get, we get the point. We, we we don't want to bore people. Um, <laughs> all right. Thank you, man, comrade. Thank you. Well, uh, I, I we thank will... Edge for making this because uh, is there anything... in my opinion, in my opinion, this could help a lot of pe lots of people. Uh, as you know, in the Monero community, people 
I mean, most of the people probably uh, work from home. Yeah, it seems like a, a great thing to do for for those that want to use their computer to mine without disrupting their their normal CPU usage. Uh, anything else you want to want to throw out there before we move on? Mm, no, I don't think so. All right, man. All right, Conrad. Thank you so much. All right, awesome. Thanks for showing us. Thank you too. All righty. Uh, I guess we. I guess we Here, bring the, the in Tuxers into. Tuxer's interview, Justin made it clear he did not take a new job at the Zcash Foundation. All right. Yes. <laughs> <At> least, uh, <laughs> that, that, would, that would have been a tough one to deal with. It really would have. It really would have. Yeah, Thank you, Justin, for, for not doing that to us. Um, but Justin, Justin's uh, an, an amazing, an amazing person in general and particularly in the Monero space. So it's, it's really nice to know he hasn't completely uh, abandoned us. And it sounds like he'll still be doing stuff for Cake. So I'm just I'm extremely excited to see what it is he's going to be working on. Um, it's probably going to be something pretty interesting. Yeah, I I don't I don't doubt whatever he's going to do. It's going to be yeah something that'll so be good for probably Monero <laughs> and not Zcash. The Monero <laughs> ecosystem is is growing up, guys. We're growing up. Um, yeah, let's move on to our special guest. The Monerotopia guest segment is sponsored by Cake Wallet. Store, send, receive, and exchange of Monero and Bitcoin safely on iOS and Android too. Cake Wallet is open source, and you always control your own keys. Hey, man. Hello, Douglas. Hello, Tuxudo. Welcome. How's it going? How are you? I'm fine. Nice to be on the show. Yeah, I don't think. Well, I think you've like joined uh, anonymously, right? In the past, I, I feel like. Or no, no I, I feel no. like we've, or maybe we just had you lurking in the comments. I guess, yeah, I guess I, you never I, came I on stage, was, huh? Uh, I was one time at Monerotopia already um, when mm -hmm. we first uh, showed our project Tipix MR. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that's some time ago, almost yeah. three years. I think that was like, yeah, that might have been one of the first like Monerotopia episodes, I think, right? Mm -hmm. And we had you on to show that. That's awesome. Uh, you want to quickly introduce yourself? Whatever, whatever it is you're willing to divulge, yeah. Yeah, um, my name is Hundehausen, and um, I'm from Germany. I'm into Monero since six years now, and um, since uh, three years, I'm a self-taught uh, software developer. And I started uh, programming around the Monero ecosystem. Yeah, and today. I want to show you my new project. Awesome, man! Before we get into it, are there other what are the, what are some of the other projects you've worked on? So I know you I, mentioned tip. Yeah, TipXMR is so my main project, and I've built um, yeah several small things like uh, Docker um, images where you can host a Monero node, uh, Docker images for. Um, P2 pool exporter for Prometheus and P, uh, exporter for Prometheus for Monero D. So uh, mostly web stuff. I also made a website where you can track Monero nodes that are public and they show up on a map. But that project is not uh, working anymore, I think. Yeah. Several uh, small okay. stuff. Hmm? Very cool. Very cool. Why isn't the uh, the node thing working anymore? Just hasn't been kept up, or um, 
I programmed it a way that when a node is not reachable for seven days, it will get deleted out of the database. And the script that's doing this is not working and it deleted all nodes that were added. Yeah. So yeah, I ha I'll have to uh, update the project. and It's not uh, a lot to do, but... Okay, very cool, very cool. Uh, but yeah, I guess let us know uh, what it is that you're working on right now that you just released. Give us the details Yeah, if you want that. to share your screen um, with the present button on the bottom, you can show it off. Mm -hmm. what, are we, what are we calling this thing? What is the name? It's called Monero Suite. Um, the URL where you, you can reach the website is xmr.guide. So Monero Suite... Um, I started this project uh, a few uh, days or weeks ago. It was inspired by Seth for privacy, who has done a lot of um, stuff with Monero and Docker images. So Docker is a software with which you can deploy services on your server and make them maybe public, maybe only host them for yourself. And the only thing you need is a file. It's called Docker Compose file. Um, I try to explain it very easily and, and basic. And um, here you can see a generator for this file because it's not always easy to understand how you write this or how you adapt it to your own needs. So this is why I had the idea that you can have a website which generates you um, with uh, inputs, uh, checkboxes, uh, the right file. If you want, I can give you a quick demo. Yeah, so please do. At here, all services that I tick on the left side are getting added. So this first service is MoneroD. It is um, mandatory So because every other service is building on top of MoneroD. It's the daemon software. And then you can choose if you want to have it as a public node or as a private node. And as I change my config on the left, the um, Docker Compose file gets updated as well as the bash commands you need um, for running this or making it um, as a public service or hardening your firewall. So you are not uh, getting attacked. So first of all, you can choose uh, between running a public node or a private node. And then you can choose if you want to have a pruned node or a, a full node with a whole blockchain. And uh, maybe this one is easy. If I tick uh, pruned node, there's this command flag that gets added, prune blockchain. So now if you want to add a P2Pool node, Instead of having to set it up uh, on the command line, everything is not so easy, and then you have to connect it in some way to Monero D. You can just uh, tick uh, this option and add your own uh, Monero address, mm. and then this part gets added. And the address here is the same address as here. So no need to configure this file. And then you can even uh, add integrated p2pool mining um, i i'm using i am using this but i don't think 
lots of people are using it because they use a standalone uh, miner like XMRIC, but P2, the P2Pool software has a miner integrated uh, in itself as well. I'm not sure if it's performant as performant as XMRIC, but um, it's the easiest way to get started mining. And then you can choose between the, the P2Pool chain. There's a smaller chain for devices with a smaller hash rate. And then you can choose this one if your hash rate is low. And then uh, the flag mini gets added and the ports here are slightly changing because the mini chain uses other ports to communicate. And the next service is Monero block. It's a block explorer. Um, you can host it by yourself by just adding this. And then um, this service gets added as well. And then you can even add another blockchain explorer. It's called the Onion Monero Blockchain Explorer. It uh, uses no JavaScript at all. It's a really nice project. And then you can add Tor. This container will expose most of your services to um, as a hidden service in the Tor network. So when you are starting all these um, containers together, you can reach your Monero node with a V3 onion link. You can reach your P2Pool instance and your block explorer. You can use it for yourself or even share it with the public. And if they use the onion link, they don't even know where the servers are and the communication is uh, encrypted and obfuscated. So that's a really nice addition. The next service is called Watchtower. It's uh, not related to Monero, but um, it looks regularly. If there's a updated image for any service, and if there is, it downloads that image, stops the container, and builds a, a new container from the new image. And it's really fast. Um, you can't do it that fast on, on the keyboard by yourself. So you have a only super small downtime every time that happens. And the last service is called AutoHeal. AutoHeal is um, restarting unhealthy containers. So let's say if your Monero daemon, Monero D gets stuck or crashes, it will automatically restart that container. So you can be sure all services are always working together. So there's a light mode as well, but I don't like it. Yes. Yeah. And <laughs> What's so great about the open source community is that I've already, already gotten a pull request from a GitHub user who wants to add um, his exporter as well for Prometheus and has even a Grafana dashboard. And I am ready to review this PR and probably merge it soon. So then you can have a very nice dashboard and control uh, or monitor your Monero uh, node. Very cool, man. Very cool. Uh, Tux, you got any questions? No, I like this. I think it's great. It's uh, It shows people how you would build a Docker Compose for that because uh, it can be overwhelming at first. But really, it's, it's pretty simple. But this gives you all the checkboxes and toggles and then actually shows you the live output, which is really cool. Uh, I'm actually working on um, 
a PR to add a slider um, that lets you choose different. So like uh, Ubuntu, this one's for uh, like Debian or Ubuntu-based systems. I primarily use Fedora. There would be a toggle that lets you choose uh, instead of Ubuntu, Fedora, basically. And yeah. it would use Firewall D instead of UFW. So. Yeah, and I don't think it doesn't use apt or apt-get. Yeah, it's no. uh, DNF. Yeah, so that's a really nice idea, yeah, because uh, main, uh, currently it's mainly um, for Debian or Ubuntu-based uh, distros. Very cool. Should we, uh, should we do a live demo? I have an Ubuntu VM that could run that right now. Yeah, if you could quickly get yeah, that me share my screen. Yeah, let me let me see. <clears throat> All right. Body is asking when you're accessing your node over Tor, how is the delay time? So this I can't give you a uh, exact answer. It depends on many things, but um, you can expect it to be much more slower. But it's usable still. I should mention, so the Nodo, uh, still, we're still plugging away on that. We hope to ship those before Christmas. I have a banner running on the bottom, but we've uh, recently decided to add P2 pool mining onto the Nodo. So that's a little development. So Not directly related. Guide, and I will, uh, I will do just the default setting. Mm. Uh, the thing is, when you're using uh, the default uh, settings or if you're adding P2 pool, uh, most of the services, they need to have the blockchain fully synced. And as MoneroD is syncing, the other services are getting errors and restarting. But as mm. soon as MoneroD is fully synced, they are up and running. Yeah, I think I think that'll be fine. Um... So what are you doing right now here, Tux, for, for the... So I just went ahead and made a new directory. I created docker-compose.yml, and I copy and pasted the contents from the Monero suite uh, on the left side, where it said docker-compose.yml, and I just did sudo docker space compose space up. Usually you want to do a space and a dash D afterwards, or else it's going to just output everything in the terminal, but I'm doing this so you can see it. And you see right now it's running Monero D, and it's going ahead and syncing which will take a little while, <laughs> but there you go. Now it's up and running. And once it starts, it'll be on that predefined port uh, that was on the, the config. So it should be running on port 18089. That should be the one you can access from uh, Monero GUI or Cake Wallet. And if you want to open this up uh, for, you know, like free to use like outside of your home network, obviously you have to do some port forwarding. Uh, that'll be specific hmm. depending on what router you have. But if you just want to use it locally, um, then all you have to do is grab the IP of the system running it on. So like on uh, Linux, you could do IP A, and you'll see right here, this one is 192.168.2.111. So when you add the node, you would just type 192.168.2.111, space, or semicolon 88, what was that? Uh, 18089, and that's what you would do to be able to use your node. Very cool. For those of you who are not Linux guys, not command line guys, uh, that's what we're building the Nodo for. So it's just going to be a plug and play version. Get your node up and running. Get P2 pool up and running on your node, and a few other few other things. Um, but yeah, because I th th these types of things are beyond me. But it's beautiful to see that you guys are uh, developing more more on ramps here. Understand yes, what, what do you what else do you think? Go ahead. I, I think we can make it even much more easier. 
explaining mm -hmm. people how to port forward things or make um, um, maybe we I can add a, a reverse proxy like uh, traffic so then you can there you go. enter your domain name that you have on, and point it via DNS to your server and then you give uh, you type in your domain name into the Monero suite then a reverse proxy is added and then for each service you can have a subdomain and it's pointing um, at the right port reversed but for the user he can use uh, HTTPS uh, on port 443 like just a normal website and then you can have maybe the block explorer block explorer hosted on your own domain and it's uh, TLS encrypted all right. Uh, are there other other things you're you're thinking that you that you want to work on? You want to develop for the Monero ecosystem in general? So you had Alexander Schmidt uh, on Monero Talk, I think, uh, a few weeks ago. He's developing mm -hmm. the Monero Merchant booklet, and yes, together we want to make the website for this booklet. It's called Monero Monero.eco, but we haven't started yet. Nice. I feel like the the amount of projects that are being worked on is is going exponential right now in the Monero ecosystem. It's it's becoming oh, yeah. hard to to keep up, um, which I I guess makes sense, right? Uh, network effect, right? Or Metcalf's law, really, right? As as we get as as more members enter enter the network, enter the ecosystem, we're seeing a, kind of an exponential rise in uh, people participating and working on projects. I can show you my GitHub. If you go onto my GitHub page, uh, I'm showing mm -hmm. my screen. Uh, can you show my screen? Yeah. So yes, we see it. If you're on my uh, GitHub, you can go to stars. That's all my projects I have liked so far. And I've created a list. It's called Monero. It has 142 repositories in it. So you can find here every Monero project that is and that matters or is um, updated regularly. So no dead projects, but uh, only important projects that I really enjoy. Beautiful. And there are lots of projects I, coming recently. Yeah, that's cool. I, f I followed you and I noticed uh, my GitHub feed was filled with uh, you creating lists for projects, yeah. privacy lists. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I really should do that because I often find all these projects and usually I just bookmark it and it gets in some random bookmark folder somewhere. But I like how you're laying that out. Making yeah. these lists. This is uh, this is the number go up we want to see, guys. I mean, this is yes. this is what counts. <laughs> Amazing. This and merchant adoption. One hundred percent. XMR Bazaar. I know we've been talking about it. We're we're very excited about that. Just an another example of a project uh, that that's being worked on. Um, yeah, we'll hopefully be giving some updates soon on that. But yeah, be beautiful to see. Thank you. Thank you, hundred percent. Anything else you want to you want to throw out there while you while you have the stage? Um, information, general messages to the community. Um, I think I I've noticed something in the recent at least. Um, in the last months, maybe the Bitcoin sentiment dropped and the critics raised. And those who have not spoken about Monero and also about Bitcoin, but started the criticism, a few of them start mentioning Monero more and more. And today I saw even uh, on X uh, Coin Bureau, 
So the, mm. his name is Guy. He um, he posted the a compar- new blog post. A I comparison. saw that. Yeah, yeah. Between uh, I, I read it totally, but it's very it's a very long article, and it's not one hundred percent perfect. He's he's some small mistakes, but I think in general it's a very positive um, comparison. People are finally seeing it for you know what it provides that. And Bitcoin just doesn't have. Yeah, it's becoming more and more obvious to people. And yeah, he has a tremendous following. So uh, that, that's a big, big indicator. Um, I, I've said it on this show many times. I'll say it again. Uh, I think it relates to what we're talking about today, people getting involved. Um, if you're out there, you're watching this, you're interested, don't don't assume somebody has already done the project that you're thinking of. I think there's like a lot of hesitation there too, like kind of a tragedy of the commons, assuming that other people are already working on it, building on it. Just, just take action. Start building it. Even if other people are already working on things, uh, you know, build your version. Uh, the more competition, more participation, the better. Or link up with people that are already working on the idea that you're interested in. Reach out to them. Um, but yeah, don't don't sit back on your hands. Get involved. I mean, these this is an extremely exciting place to be at right now. I, when Monero ultimately does reach the level that many of us expect it to reach, these are the times we're going to look back on as the most exciting, right? When there was just a great, amazing opportunity to get involved and be involved and help uh, build out the infrastructure. That is true. That is very right. true. I can hear my Underhouse server. Thank- just, the fan is going really hard right now, sinking them. <laughs> <laughs> the Monero node. <laughs> Well, I, I think we, we should move on just because I got to get back to family festivities over here. Hunter Hauser, you're always welcome to jump on this show. You know that. Uh, it was great seeing you in person the, this summer at MoneroCon. Yeah. Hope, to, hope yeah. to see you again soon. And yeah, keep us updated on everything you're working on. Always jump on whenever. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah of course. Thank you, Thanks for coming on. All right. Uh, moving on to... Uh, viewers on stage in the news, or how, how you yeah. want to play? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's do viewers on stage. Yeah, if Hunter Hauser could stay on, actually, I don't know if he's got to go. If we could keep him on, we could get his comments on some of the news articles. Did he already shit? Oh, he already ditched. Okay, <laughs> okay. Let's run let's that. run viewers on stage. It's the viewers on stage segment. It's that time where we invite you, the viewers, up on stage to comment on anything you've heard so far today, ask the guest a question, or maybe talk about one of the news topics. Come on down. All right. You know what to do. If you're in the backstage, just press one. I'll bring you on. Don't have too many people on today. Uh, I'm going to post the StreamYard link in the comments if you want to join on. We got Shortwave, who's become a... A usual on the show, Alaska A as always. Welcome back, guys. Please. Yeah, it looks like Tony will not be joining us today, so I will try my best to share the news. Sweet. StreamGuard link should be in the chat if you want to come on. Does anybody know why the donation platform is called Kuno? I'm always forgetting that name, and I'm like, I remember the rest of the URL, and that first part I can never remember. I'm like, what is that Kuno? I don't know. What was his reasoning for Kuno? Do you know? I don't remember. Tux? I don't remember. Yeah, um, I don't know. Is, is that an Esperanto thing, Kuna? I know Bido's an Interos Esperanto thing, isn't it? Or it was, he actually explained it on the website. It was like some combination of uh, um, words. But Kuna, I don't may, know. May, maybe one day, maybe one day we get Anarchio up here. Uh, he's, one day. He's doing, ama- <laughs> he's doing amazing things in this space, uh, but he's, you know, he's, he's a very private individual, which obviously we respect. Of course. Um, but yeah kudos to him for everything that he's doing and he's he's 
helping out in a very, very big way with XMR Bazaar, but I don't know where the name Kuno came from. All right, Tuxi, you ready to go? Uh, yeah. Let me run the, the new segment. Oh, what's this? What do we got? Last game, what do you got there? Is that a Monero coin? Nice. Oh, that's legit. <laughs> that's, Beautiful. That's, that's awesome. I sent some to a certain bird on stream, too. So. Speaking of coins, I actually just exchanged a little bit of Monero for some goldbacks on MoneroMarket.io for Christmas presents to give out to people. Beautiful. Oh, that's a great Christmas present. That's awesome. So I need to do that. I'm like Midas. I turn I turn Monero into gold, and then I was telling a friend about it, and I'm like, uh, they're like, can you turn anything else into gold? I'm like, yeah, I think I can turn pieces of green paper with dead men pictures on them into gold. Mm-hmm. Whenever I go to Portland. Now. Yeah, yeah. Gold, goldbacks are fun. We, we need more of those at uh, Monerotopia. Maybe we'll get the goldback guy to participate this year. Yeah, JM Bullion has... Uh... I would recommend the silver, the copper ones look really good, but they have a bunch of silver Monero ounce coins right now. Who is that that has it? JM Bullion. There's, they just released a line of silver Monero one ounce coins. I'll They're go like grab one real quick. Amazing. Uh, I got a local a local family grocery store uh, to accept gold bags, uh, and they, they sell like raw dairy and like meats and stuff which is super cool oh, that is uh, sweet they're willing to uh because i know i know the actually know the family that owns the store and uh the mom was like eh, i trust you you know enough and so she she took them and i showed her i showed her the value on the website and stuff but she was really curious she was like wow this is pretty cool uh and so she, she took i paid for uh some raw milk and some cheese with uh gold bags which is cool nice that uh, is now is are you eventually gonna try to introduce them to Monero? You start starting with goldbacks, or uh, what, do you, what do you think? Yeah, start with goldbacks. Try to do Monero. That one's obviously harder because uh, there's you know setup required and you know like how how do you use this thing? Goldbacks, it's like oh you just hand it to you, right? It's awesome. It's yeah. Bills. Yeah. Monero, it's a little different. But I think she's interested, so I think she will be willing to try it out. Uh, but that'll be something I'll have to do in the future. Beautiful. So, All right, talk to you the news. Yeah, let's try to do it. And now for our weekly news segment. All right, pull up the first one here. Slightly unprepared. That's the one that you can get on Jam Bullion right now. Um, the the Monero coins here. Oh, the silver. Oh yeah, that's really yeah. Cool. Tux, you it. might keep an eye out to see if something happened where you end up with some. I don't know. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, we've got. The first news is the Antminer X5. We now know what's inside it. Rabid Mining, uh, basically, they did a video where he tore it down. He opened it up, and it's like what people were, were saying, what they could deduce from checking out the firmware, is it's a bunch of RISC-V CPUs. Uh, it's a lot of cores, uh, and it's it, you'd think it would be a lot more powerful than it is, but, I mean, it's it's doesn't really compete even with um, in terms of efficiency with modern Ryzen desktop processors, Zen 4 at least. And yeah, it, it puts out quite a lot of performance for being a single device on a single board. But um, but yeah, it's I'm like, re- uh, in terms of efficiency, it's it's only okay. It's not like super superb or anything. Uh, so there's a chip that's a RISC-V Sophon chip. Um, it's just a RISC-V processor made by this. I think, I don't know where the company is from. But yeah, pretty much, pretty much confirming what we already knew. I kind of wonder if you can control the output of the thing, because if you can, 
then it might be a very good heater because if it's 1300 watts it'll bake you out of most rooms dude it could but be a nice space heater if you can set it down, heater, uh, you can set it down to like five or six hundred watts or something like that it might not be enough to bake you out of the room but actually keep your room warm so you might be able to do that if you can set it down honestly instead of just spending uh, uh, uh. electricity to heat your room why not just mine monero and this will this will probably uh heat your room pretty fast I i've been doing that for years now yeah yeah it, it's never really taken off though right i mean people have been talking about that as a as a, a use case from day one Arctic is always got, talking about it. Depends on how much heat you actually need. Yeah, see, I've got three. I've got three computers doing it right now, and it'll put about eh, two or three hundred watts. But that's not going to be enough to heat the room. It's just going to be enough to keep it from getting cold quite as fast. I need probably six or seven to actually warm it. Now, now remind me with this with this uh, quote unquote ASIC miner, which it's just not. Um, what did the price end up coming in at? And is it something that's that's actually very competitive with what's what you can build on on your own? No, not I mean, not really. It was around uh four thousand dollars USD. Um mm-hmm. and yeah, I it's I think it's reasonable for the performance you're getting, but like because of the it's like the it's not hitting like the best efficiency. It's not and especially right now, because of how much we're in a bear market, how much Monero is worth, it's not like profitable for almost anybody to deploy. That's an, exp- that's an expensive space heater. Yes. Uh, it, the the return on investment with this thing right now would be like over, it'd take over a year probably. Um, and yeah, Monero will probably be up in the future. So maybe you buy it now and it's an investment down the line, but it's like mm-hmm. in, in a year from now, there's going to be way more, you know, efficient ways to mine Monero with newer Ryzen processors, most likely. Right. So it's really it's really not that big of a deal. And like we said, we could assume Bitmain has been mining with these devices before they shut them for a yes, year. Yes, these or devices are not new. These are which is why probably why that they're not as efficient as current desktop CPUs is because yeah, they've been using these for a couple of years at least. Uh they I guess they're in the habit of making something, using it for a couple of years. And then, you know, when it's good and new and then selling it off as a new product, it's just not as profitable for them anymore. So, yeah, there we go. All right. Definitely a little bit interesting, though, and concerning maybe at how much hash rate they have taken up for Monero. What would be really interesting is to see Hi. if uh, if uh, somebody could reverse engineer uh, when they were made Hi. and how long they've been mining and try to correlate that with... Uh, the the mm. mining curves and see yeah, if yeah, yeah. Well, I know Howard you talked true. about some of that um, on the interview and the talk he had about looking at certain statistics to try and correlate when they may have been using those. Um, yes. But uh, next, uh, Gary at from Tom Emmer, who seems to be basically promoting Monero without directly saying it. Uh, from I think we talked about that last week. He's calling out mm-hmm. Gary Gensler for not being an impartial regulator, and his answers to his questions today just prove that. Uh, do you want me to show any of this clip? I I didn't see. Yeah, it, you so can show it. It's it's pretty epic. He goes he goes at him hard. In the interest of my limited time, I'd appreciate it to comply with it. Uh, Mr. Gensler, is it fair to say generally that large institutions in any given industry benefit? more from regulatory uncertainty than everyday market participants or smaller institutions who don't have the scale or the capital to fund expensive compliance teams. Uh, Large institutions could benefit from uncertainty. Reclaiming my time. The answer is yes, sir. 
Mr. Gensler, you had an 18-year career at Goldman Sachs where you were partner and co-head of finance, correct? Yes, sir. Thank you. And is it correct to say that you made most of your personal wealth directly through your employment at this bank, bank, Goldman Sachs? I've done well since then too, sir. I'll take that as a yes as well. You described the SEC under your leadership as the cop on the beat watching out for our constituents. Constituents, correct? I think that's a mandate that Congress. Yeah, and I think you said that, reclaiming my time. The answer is yes, sir. If you could just comply with what I've asked, I'd appreciate it. But given your 18-year career at one of the biggest banks in the world and the personal financial fortune you amassed there, do you think it's possible for you to serve as an impartial regulator and not favor large financial intermediaries? Absolutely, sir. Well, Mr. Gensler, do you believe the vast majority of digital assets meet the investment contract test and are therefore securities operating illegally outside of the U.S. regulatory umbrella? As I've said, many of these assets are basically the public is anticipating profits on the efforts of others. Is the answer then yes? Again, without prejudging anyone, I do think that it's significant. Reclaiming my time. I'll take it as a yes. And to be clear, sir. This perspective has nothing to do with a concern you noted in the speech last year, where you said, quote, over the past year, several bank executives have shared their concerns with me about the sheer number of depositors who have moved money from their bank accounts into crypto-related exchanges. Uh, and wallets, that's the problem. End quote. Right? The concern that those bank executives raised was that there's again, I'm reclaiming my time. Sir. We're getting no, hurt. I've asked you to answer the questions as short as I can so I can use the time I have. And it's clear that you would like to avoid answering the questions, in my opinion. An Obama appointed judge in the Southern District of New York, a bank friendly jurisdiction where you bring most of your cases, recently found that decentralized financial technology, quote, not only removes the so called middlemen from these transactions but it also allows users to interact through a variety of methods in an easy and efficient manner, end quote. The court also said underwriters like the ones at banks where you work, sir, are, quote, precisely precisely the types of individual roles that decentralized exchanges were designed to eliminate, end quote. Mr. Gensler, can you assure this committee that your style of regulation by harassment towards digital asset innovation is to the benefit of every American and not driven by your desires to protect industry incumbents? This is a field that's rife with fraud and manipulation, and I'm, I'm looking out for the American investors who've been hurt by the crypto. Yeah. I'll, I'll reclaim my time. Yeah, Mr. Okay, Gensler, bro. despite your years of rhetoric, like today, I'm convinced you are not an impartial regulator. Instead, it's clear that you are working to consolidate your own power, even though it means crushing opportunities for everyday Americans and, frankly, the financial future of this country. Even the federal courts are highlighting the damage you, sir, are doing to our constituents, and they're telling you that you don't have the legal authority to accomplish your goal of squashing competition in the financial markets. Congress has been telling you that, too. Now, Mr. Gensler, I believe our great financial system is the definition of freedom in this country, and congressional policies must provide room for the traditional financial system to evolve alongside the disruptive digital asset ecosystem. That said, it cannot be understated that a common theme throughout your career, sir, is your relentless loyalty to the largest financial institutions at the clear expense of innovation, competition, and everyday America. I yield back. I suspect some large financial institutions will not agree with that. There's no question, uh, sir. I've yielded back my time. Uh, (laughs) All right. Mr. Emmer. To be fair, I don't really like when... I don't really I, like Congress very much, but it is really great to see them take them, taking down a peg like that. I pulled up yeah, his dude. voting record real quick. Uh, oh 
he voted nay on marijuana opportunity reinvestment act he voted he voted uh, yes on national defense authorization for 2022 for 2023 bad. i mean he's, a, he's yes a safe what banking are, what, act what are you gonna you know <laughs> Yeah. I mean, the, listen. Yeah. All, all all these guys, they 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 have their you know their incentive one way or the other, right? But this guy's just happens to align with the crypto community, so it, it's 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 good well, to see. Yeah, but I mean, if you, there's, what I there's nobody out was, there, he's uh, his voting record is actually turning very libertarian over the last. It looks like over the last year and a half, he's had like almost a come to Jesus moment. And it also looks like the last like seriously questionable thing that he did was the Defense Authorization Act. Um, mm. And it makes me wonder, like, you know, if if he's got a guilty conscience or something. But it, I just thought I'd tell people, like, he looks like he's he's kind of turning a new leaf in a strange way. So. Well, I think a lot of but the if- ways the these guys turn a new leaf is they they, they follow uh the people right the, the, if they're getting positive feedback as they become more and more libertarian they keep going down that road and i think he's seeing that right i mean he's seeing uh he's being hailed as a hero in the crypto community so now he's just double downing on on it and he's becoming did, a stronger and stronger voice did you say he voted no for marijuana reform because uh i would think a libertarian perspective would be that you can put anything in your body you want to as long as it doesn't harm others well, he's not a libertarian. Yeah, I think, I think he's I think saying that he, he's since trying changed, to draw lines uh, for him, like slowly becoming more. But he's not. Yeah, he's a, he's not. He's a Republican. Move to New Hampshire and secede from the union. But as Tuck said, I mean, we've seen Emmer more than any other congressperson really, essentially, you know, talk up Monero without saying the word Monero. I think. He's yeah, I mean, like that yeah, clip we saw last like, week before. He literally he's, uh, like was talking about Monero, just didn't say Monero. Yeah, he he's the St. Cloud and like east of Minneapolis area of Minnesota. And they've had all kinds of problems with like violence from migrants and all kinds of problems with like financial stuff and housing prices. And actually, I'm I'm wondering if uh, because I know that there's been a huge political tide of pressure to try to like um to deal with some of these issues and they've taken like a really strong libertarian direction in the last couple years so i think i think doug makes a good point like in order to stay in office he's probably got to change his tone a lot i know that minneapolis in general is a very blue area st paul too because i used to live there yeah i used to run a truck driving school in minneapolis and um, I think 99% of our students were Somali immigrants. Yep. Here is that Coin Bureau article, Monero versus Bitcoin. Uh, if you want to take a look at that, that'll be a description. Uh, yeah, it is pretty, it is quite long. Uh, obviously not because on stream. <laughs> What's the conclusion? We go, go down to conclusion. What is the... Uh... Do we have a TLD? Oh, there it is. Monero and Bitcoin represent two distinct approaches to cryptocurrency with their own unique sets of features and benefits. Bitcoin, as the pioneer of the cryptocurrency space, offers recognition, liquidity, and a store of value. It's called eh. It's transparency <laughs> eh, while providing financial traceability. Eh, also allows for audit, auditability and regulatory compliance. Eh. On the other hand, Monero prioritizes privacy above all else. 
providing users with unparalleled anonymity and transaction confidentiality. Its fungibility ensures that all coins are equal, reducing concerns about funds. Monero's community actively supports its mission of financial privacy and security. I don't know. Monero seems to actually be more stable than Bitcoin, from what I can tell. The only the only thing I think Bitcoin is actually good for, I mean, well, Bitcoin itself, like if it was like, let's say Bitcoin Cash, in terms of the, uh, it needs to be usable, so like dynamic blocks need to happen. But we're t- if we're talking about purely the, the full transparency, I think the only good use case for that is probably for the government. If the government used, exclusively used like Bitcoin for all of their transactional purposes, that would be completely public. And for- oh, but then there wouldn't be any more black budgets and they couldn't screw the taxpayers. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess it's just it's just a shame. But Mind of course, you, that's they not just shouldn't They just shouldn't have taxes anyway, because taxation is theft. But whatever. Of course, it's not going to happen. They're going to try you to get you to use, you know, probably even Bitcoin, or especially their CBDC. And uh, their CBDC will be even worse than Bitcoin. It'll be even more tied into the Fed and whatnot. But uh, it's it's cool that they're giving a little bit of a spotlight to. When do you guys think we'll see the change in rhetoric from Bitcoin being a store of value to Monero also being a store of value? Like, no, very few have conceded on that, right? Those that are in the Bitcoin realm and Monero realm have have never gone as far as saying, you know, Monero can also and also is a store of value. Do you think we see that, that narrative change any anytime soon? I think it's starting to change, and especially when we we we'll end up seeing more arrests, uh, not purely based off of Bitcoin, but partially due to it. Because like, yeah, Bitcoin is traceable, but like once again, we don't really know exactly what ch- like chain houses they've been called out for some BS. But I think in the future we'll definitely see more arrests that heavily rely on certain chain analysis, uh, and then you know seizure related to that. As soon as it's like, oh, even though you hold the keys, if they know how it's being spent and stuff, they go after you. That like destroys a lot of its like sovereignty. Um, if they can mm-hmm, still go mm-hmm. after you for knowing what you use it for, and I think then people will start to realize, wow, yeah, privacy actually matters in this regard, right. uh, and not mm-hmm. knowing how much you have too. Because if it's like, oh, you've got fifty Bitcoin, you know, this wallet might be actively monitored. I think if that you- uh, right. I don't know if anybody's noticed, but. I very rarely hear people talk about the store of value aspect of Bitcoin compared to how it was even like six months ago. I realize people do still say it, but, you know, like six or seven months ago, even it was like everybody who was starting to move to the Monero side of things. would be, Oh, you can hold wealth in Bitcoin, but, you know, you make your transactions with Monero. I don't ever really hear anybody talk about Bitcoin's store of value properties like we used to not that long ago. So honestly, I think a lot of people, they're just like behind on the times of the talking points if they're still talking about it, if anything. If you've got a wallet worth 50 Bitcoin, I'm going to hire somebody to like break into your house and steal it and split like a tenth, like a fourth of the profit with them. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the confiscatability of Bitcoin will, will start to show show face as, t- as Tux is saying. I, mean, I think there's an argument to be made Pri- about privacy like, is security that versus like your bank account. Obviously your bank account is like, Oh, you know, they can just without, without you even knowing, just, you know, steal all your money, but it's just not. I mean, enough, B- right? Bitcoin is, is really uh, becoming the ultimate form of traceable property, right? Where you can yep. very yep. easily prove who, who, who owns it, who has, you know, who has provenance, who has ownership 
um, and you can very easily track the title. It's it's more akin to digital real estate in my mind than digital gold. And I mean, that's why I completely disagree with. Um, or was the conclusion? I, this, I mean, Bitcoin doesn't really like what I mean, unless you care about ordinal. It doesn't. What does it do? better what does it offer that Monero doesn't already offer unless you care about ordinals <laughs> uh right. so why compromise when the alternative is easier cheaper faster and uh better long term fungible fungible yep there we go all right uh, moving on moving on yep oh yep uh interview with feral interview with justin Ehrhofer, if you want to see that uh and um yeah i i, I interviewed him before he's leaving cake and he talked awesome. a little bit about his time there and we've got, uh, let's see. Let well, I'm sure we'll get Justin up on, on uh, Monerotopia uh, at some point once he's ready to talk about what he's working on. That would be awesome. Yeah. I got to say, like, my curiosity is through the roof because, I mean, that is a man who puts his attention in some really, really awesome stuff. And to think of, like, what he has going on that's so focused and intensive that he has to be like, yeah, I'm going to have to roll back my commitments to Cake. Like, that has to be yeah. the most epic project ever. Because, I, I mean, as far as I could tell, he seemed like he absolutely loved Woody. So, like, yeah. what kind of awesomeness must be going on in the background for him to be like, yeah, we got to find a guy to take on some of these. Like, I mean, just, I, I can't wait, man. Yes, that's exactly what I'm thinking too. Because I, I, like you said, I think he 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 passionately enjoyed working for Cake, and he he made great strides with it. I mean, he a lot a lot happened under under the guise of of Justin. So, and there, there, you know, the growth potential with Cake is tremendous. So for him to essentially walk away, I mean, I know he's still going to be consulting for them, but for him to walk away from that position, um, I have to imagine he's he's got some big things brewing. He he's made a pro- release uh, Monero two. He he's made a he's made a project where you swipe where you can swipe your Visa card at any pe- point of sale terminal, and you uh you and the business both get Monero. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. What do we got here? Next up, um, Senator Warren's crypto money laundering bill builds momentum as more sign on. Uh, among nine supporters of Lodge's effort to ward off illicit users of crypto. Our Democratic chairs of the Homeland Security Judiciary Committees. So I guess just an anti-crypto bill, basically. Yeah, it's just it's interesting to see it gaining momentum. Um, yep. Mostly among I Democrats. I don't know Digital if you guys actually Anti-money laundering act. I don't know if you guys actually remember. I, I realize it was like forever ago, and she's basically a dinosaur at this point. But um, like way back in the day. She used to be super anti-banking cartel. Has anybody ever looked back at like what like what made her a big shot was she would just rant and rave about like uh remember back in the Occupy right? Wall Street days? Like she was like she was ahead of the Occupy Wall Street thing, like complaining about how banks were getting in on all of these insider deals and destroying people's livelihoods and stuff. And part of me just thinks back, like, what happened, man? Like, she actually used to be super, super anti-bank and, like, really, really pro-financial freedom. And she She was doing all the right things. Like, it's just so weird. It's all an act. I mean, we know it. 
that you know these people are there the there's really no difference between those in dc and those in hollywood it's just uh, a different form of the same thing the people who are not they're just not as good they're just not as good looking right right they're not as good looking in, in dc right i mean but it's the same job it's the same job the the people without morals are just going to take whatever morals that uh, has the deepest pocketbook. But I mean, her bill is is like extremely uh, unnerving. It's it's concerning for the for the crypto sphere, especially with regards to Monero. So it's you know uh, to see it gaining momentum is a little scary. Uh, you know, we see people like Emmer on the other side, um, but I don't know how far this goes. You know, does does this become? Does this become the thing that get, ends up gaining momentum and, and getting passed in Congress? Do they do they ultimately move in that direction, uh, or does the you know the United States you know become a a, a crypto friendly and Monero friendly place? This we're we're kind of at the crossroads for that. Yeah, so basically, it extends anti-money laundering requirements from the Bank Secrecy Act to providers of digital asset wallets, crypto miners, all the other participants. So it's taking all those I mean, that, AML regulations from centralized traditional systems and trying to apply that to crypto. And of course, because most of the crypto systems and services we have today are centralized, they will gladly comply with this ever went through. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're talking about implementing K- KYC AML for for miners, right? For, for transactions or, uh, yeah, having, having bad to... enough, just buying crypto on a central exchange already, you know, that applies all these yeah. things, KYC, but it's just going to make it worse. Georgia right. preparing. Well, wall, wallets, like pilots. Wallet. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> just saying, I don't know. I don't think people realize that the ramifications of how far they're going with that, if it were to pass, I mean, it's, it's, ex- it's extreme. Well, you know, uh, Monero, you know, it's just, it's kind of kind of works still, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. As the country is considered for EU membership, the digital wire is seen as providing interoperability with the digital euro while preserving monetary freedom. Press X to doubt. Uh, Georgia's praying limited life CBDC test. National Bank of Georgia has announced that it will advance its research on a digital wire, central bank digital currency, in a limited access live pilot environment. Nine companies, including Ripple. Labs will take part in the project, and one of them will be selected to move forward to the next stage of testing. Yeah, so it looks like uh, Georgia is testing CBDC uh, in collaboration with the wonderful Ripple. Any thoughts on that? No. Nope. All right. Moving on. Uh, Also, more tests. France, Singapore, and Switzerland test cross-border CBDCs. Project Mariana was developed under the IGIS of the Bank for International Settlements. The uh, the BIS and the central banks of France, Singapore, and Switzerland concluded a joint test of the cross-border trading and settlement of wholesale CBDCs. The Bank de France issued the report on September 28th. Project Mariana using uh, DeFi, more CBDC crap. Brazil's crypto surge prompts central bank to tighten regulation. According to the central bank's data from January to August 2023, imports of crypto rose by 44.2% compared with the same period in two. The governor of Banco Central de Brazil, Brazil's central bank, said the bank has noted a significant surge in crypto adoption in the country and tends to react by tightening the digital assets regulation. Wow. So Brazil's, Brazil's, uh, they're, they're trying to regulate too. Yep. So, has anybody noticed the bizarre correlation between uh, CBDCs getting their interoperability with former colonies and vice versa? And I would think that that would be an excellent, like, uh, 
like a way to create political discontent to show like all of these former colonies making their their cryptos and their CBDCs interoperable with their former former colonial overlords and just try to draw that line with how like they still run everything. You're saying you're saying you're surprised that that's nobody's making that correlation and yeah, like so for example, North Africa and France or you know Siam and that area, you know all of the former Siamese countries in France, they're all building their CBDCs for interoperability and it's all based out of France. So the thing is it's like the France still controls all but it's the same thing with like Portugal and Brazil and like it's all former uh colonies linking hmm. their government finances to their former colonial overlords they got they got to maintain that link they don't want to they don't want to lose it what is it saying here in this in this article tux uh we understand that a lot is connected to tax evasion or linked to illicit activities <clears throat> sorry choking on something well whatever uh, <laughs> brazil yeah, brazil's cracking uh, down yeah they're cracking down um and of course Part of that's because the Brazilian central bank is also working on its own CBDC. So they're going to try and discourage, you know, the real free methods of crypto. I mean, which, you know, are questionably free even by themselves. And then they want to show their Fed coin. Base. All right. Last, we have uh, a new Monero service, private image sharing with XMR payments to unhide and view the image, get paid for sharing content. Uh, I know exactly what kind of service this sounds like. <laughs> I but, thought uh, I thought okay. this is uh, very well made. It's it's. it's I'll show it off because it awesome. looks like it's actually people are just sharing funny stuff right now. Um, yeah, that sounds like a very NSFW service. It does. I, I tested um, it out. It works very well. What did so, we, yeah, what did we say wanna, about yeah. Monero fans? Should I should I actually so cl- pay for any of these? <laughs> They're actually not cheap. I, the one I paid for was like eight bucks, and it was like a picture of uh, I don't know, it was a drawing, but I want that. Oh, is, is it this um, drawing? Yeah, so yeah, if you check it out, it's it's pretty cool. So so view. Is it safe view. to view? Uh, and now if you were to send Monero to that address, it will right, display the image. Let's send uh, 0.05. Wow, that's $7. I know. <laughs> like, this is going to be good. But, yeah, I'm uh, one of those I'm sure people who watch it. Go ahead. If it's, if it's over 50 Monero, I start to question the price because like, um, I've gotten to the point now where I can kind of do the U.S. dollar to Monero conversion in my head um, because I use it enough. And so I'm to the point where if it's like if it's over 50 Monero, I'm like, mm, let me think about this. Is it worth that? All right. Got to wait yeah. for one confirmation. But it, it, it's it's very the site is very slick, very simple, uh, very easy to create an account. Actually, if you go to uh, login or create an account. It just asks for your uh, to create a username and a Monero address, um, and then you can just upload pics and lock them. Set the price. You could imagine, you know, use your imagination. Oh, you can imagine what this thing is. will most likely be used for. Um, and after just one comp, which of course takes only like fifteen seconds with Monero, yeah, yeah it's good it use is. case. It's, yeah, good nice use job. case. And we that will, we will be freehand. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Uh, Tux, it, it's fair to say we will have some functionality like this on XMR Bazaar for digital downloads, right? I mean, it won't be, yes. uh, yep. you know, yep. exactly analogous, but it will effectively do the same thing. Yeah, it's now, very cool. Interesting. I like, I like this. Cool. With, yeah. with XMR Bazaar, how much, um, 
how much control do you as the admin have over it? Are you able to like take down listings and things like that? Or is this going to be a, uh, I can't control what you put up kind of thing or what? No, unfortunately not. That's uh, going to be, yeah. We we're going to have to follow false put rules. Certain illegal stuff yeah. on, on there. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's just, that's just because I figured I would like it to curated, you know, oh, okay. just, uh, just like mods removing illegal activity because yeah. i was going to say if this is yeah, decentralized like uh bisque or something like that then you couldn't control sh nothing the thing is is it as far as like the actual transaction it is like the peak of decentralized like they don't have any custody over the actual monetary side of things if i'm not mistaken it's, i've just been a yes. casual observer but um it's it's quite literally like just mods for preventing illegal activities sort of deal and then transactions themselves go on outside of the purview of the website correct yeah the, the anybody that wants to transact can use the multi-sig um and that's that's at pretty much that's out of our control right yeah uh, but the yeah, but if thing, it's on the website those, itself i mean those have those to be curated like we're not gonna like let if, somebody put like methamphetamine on there. Right? I was gonna say like if somebody wanted to post an uh, if somebody wanted to post an ad for cannabis, they can't do that. Well, I mean the the, the rule is basically gonna be you know uh, based on the you follow the rules of your jurisdiction, right? Where where you are, um, and then uh, we may have to step in at times if we feel like there's egregious, uh, you know things that are being done that are clearly outside of, of the law. Um, yeah, maybe we but it's, like it's, run, it's run by, by liber liberty-minded people that believe yeah. in free and open yeah. markets. So we're always leaning towards uh, more, not less. Uh, but with the balance, playing the balancing act of not we're doing We're never going to KYC over. our customers. We'll shut down yeah. before we ever have to do that. Also, keep in mind like how long people have been looking for a way to like validate their their vendors. And people have been looking for a very long time for something that's kind of like in between a dark market and an Amazon. But for Monero, I mean, it, it fills a huge, huge chasm. I mean, it's, I don't know. I've been pretty impressed with a lot of these projects. Like, I'm stoked about the Noto. I'm stoked about XMR Bazaar because I can see that it's a grounded movement for real things that real people need now. The thing that never yeah. took off that made me sad was Open Bazaar back in like 2017 or 18 or whatever it was. Yeah. I thought, I thought that if that took off like it should have, I thought that was going to well, be really good. Because that, that, was, that was a, that was a Bitcoin problem, right? I mean, uh, Bitcoin wasn't wasn't uh, didn't work well for digital cash purposes. Yep. Uh, I think that's a lot with a lot of the reason why it failed. I think eventually they be, they became more Bitcoin cash, right? But it just didn't have didn't have the network effect. To my knowledge, I'm going to experience on this side. I'm going to no. make an account real quick. You must agree to be incredibly based. Um, <laughs> uh, you, just, you can add like a uh, Twitter handle or username, email address, bio uh, picture. Uh, of course, that's for my address. Submit. Pretty simple. Pretty fit, straightforward. So I guess upload. Uh, which, what should I upload? What should I upload? Do you have a Monero Chad? I think there's a, a certain Chad. penguin logo that would fit quite nice. Yeah, it's probably the same <laughs> one in the profile picture. I'm already giving away for it is, It's got to be something a little more enticing, you know, that people are going to want to look at. Uh, let's see. Let's see. I probably get a picture of 
maybe it maybe a picture of you, right? Because you never show your face, so people want to pay to see it. <laughs> Oh, that's a good Ain't nobody point. got that much of this, am I? <laughs> oh, I got it. I got How much it. you oh, want to pay to see the, see the real I, I tuxedo? Have. Let's see. Let me uh, ask well, you guys. For, actually show you for, X, for XMR Bazaar, for the, the account creation, for the sign-up, for the registration, um, what do you think of, of what they're doing here where they're just asking for a username and a Monero address? What do you, what do you guys think of that as, as a, a way to log in? Just curious. Honestly, you need tears. It's the only logical way to do this. Like, because, you know, you like a full anonymity tier and you need to have it where vendors or purchasers or whatever can opt out of using like full anonymity exchange customers. But, you know, a vendor might be more than happy to accept payment from a, a fully anonymous user and mail it to wherever. Um, but the other thing is, is having an account that, can develop some kind of street cred is one of the most enticing aspects of this for like the the lay person. I mean, most people have never used a dark market and the, they, they don't realize just how high the trust factor on the dark market actually is. But, they, you know, that's what sketches them out. So you want to have the option to, you know, just like an eBay seller, a lot of people yes. will only use somebody that other people have vouched for. Um, and then there's the question of, are those just random anonymous accounts vouching for these people? Or are these people that have done business with a lot of people that are vouching for them? I mean, it, it's as much of a hassle as it would be on the back end to create all of these. Like, it really does need a tier system. And if you want to follow the ethical principles of allowing anonymous people to buy a loaf of bread or whatever, it has to be available. So um, mm -hmm. that's, that's my two cents. I've been on yeah. Darknet Market, but I've never purchased anything from there because I've not had any reason to. I have never, wink, ever, wink, wink, purchased <laughs> anything on a dark wink market place. A dark wink market? <laughs> a free, free yeah, market. Yeah, I like being able to only have to do start with username, but email is an option. I think that's the best. Because some people want to... What do you say, Tux? I, I think uh, username and email is optional is the best because like not everybody wants that but some people do some people want uh emails or an ability to reset their password like that so i think it's great to have it well but what do you think of this idea of using the monero address as essentially your your password because that, that's what you just did here when you logged into oh, uh hushpicks that's what i did yeah, yeah basically you're basically your <laughs> your password. i hope i hope that's not an address you posted publicly elsewhere see this is the problem this is one of the issues with it <laughs> i guess uh, i uh i didn't even pay attention to it let me look let me look i'm gonna go into yeah, so like a, log uh, log out log back in like that become that monero address becomes your password register i mean i would say just Wait, finish the what, thing and then create a new monero wallet literally that's so funny because it doesn't say uh it doesn't tell you that it doesn't tell you that. Here, I'll go ahead and I'll log out. Uh, log out? Well, no, Actually, just I'll, finish I'll, what you're I'll, doing I'll and then just first. move yeah. all your Monero I'll to a different wallet. the image that I'm uploading. Um, so I guess that answers my question. Maybe it is something we don't want to do. I thought it was kind of cool doing it that way. Um, as long as you're not Tuxedo and sharing your address publicly, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see the first person who can figure out Tuxedo's uh, password. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, I made a new one just for that. Oh, I made yeah. a new one that uh and i honestly don't care if somebody was you should know he's uh, way more paranoid than that doug he's got burner phones and burner pieces this is uh 
Uh, Monero Chan spitting facts. Only idiots keep Monero centralized exchanges. Oh, you can't uh, tell us, man. You can't show us the image. No, I'm going this. to. See, I'm going to. You can see it for free. I didn't make it. I'm not going to. I'm going to. I'm going to log in as. I'm going to uh, log in as Tuxedo and then take pictures of ads for like marijuana and post them on there so, under Tuxedo, so that if the law comes after me, it'll be under his. It'll be I'm under gonna, his I'm account. Modify my uh, <laughs> account information. I, I may have shown the whole address. I don't know. Maybe just barely. Who can type it in quick enough? Uh, we're gonna make it as like super cheap, okay? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. so you could make we'll it. We'll find uh, a way increase, to donate it to the original artist uh, or something. One millionaire. The image more expensive each time someone's paid. Each time someone pays, that's cool. Increment amount. Uh, payment expiration. You can make it expire. So it'll expire. If submit. Oh, it must be at least 001. All right, submit. So there you go. And now if I open this in like a, a tab, I'm not logging to. Here, how about I log out? Body, body should use this for his uh, for his charts. For, oh wait, sorry, you can't even see the tab. I, I forgot. I wasn't showing it. There we go. Um, yeah, so it's made this listing for zero point zero zero one Monero. Uh, and if I log out, then yeah, it looks. Let's log back in. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah. There it is, guys. There it is. That's it's kind of cool. It's, it's what what it's I like cool. about this idea though. For if we did it for XMR Bazaar, uh, well, it does make account creation super simple, right? Um, and then you've now associated a Monero wallet with the user right off the bat. And then I was thinking it, it, it would be cool to maybe award users of XMR Bazaar with like micropayments as they take actions on the website. So as they oh, yeah, uh, yeah. post comments okay. on listings or as they fill out their profile, they'll get... Uh, sent micropayments. You know, you know where that would make the most sense, Doug, is when people are filling a request that's been posted for like people requesting a certain thing be available in Monero. They can put up a certain amount of money, and then on the first delivery of such a thing, like they get the bounty for having provided yes. the service. That would be pretty cool. Yes, yes, we spoke oh, about so that. like yeah, kick, kind of a Kickstarter for for items and services in Monero. So like I yeah. I say I want raw egg, I I say I want like fresh eggs and I'm willing to pay uh 30 Monero for them and somebody comes and fills that order and collects that. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Yeah, like a bounty. And the thing is is I think that would keep you outside of the purview of like a full-blown custody. Where if somebody were freely giving away Monero to see a bounty filled, you would not be a custodian for an exchange so much as you would be a person, you know, um, just like, you know, any other donation platform works where you're not a custodian just because you're holding Monero or whatever for the purposes of filling a bounty. Um, and then that, that could also be how you pay for the maintenance of the website, like, you know, mm-hmm. 0.1 or like 0.5% or whatever of all bounties fulfilled, uh, that, you know, that goes to the maintenance of the website. But you just try to make it where you stay out of the exchanges, but you, you, you know, on the service side of things, that's where you pay for the maintenance of the website. Yes. Interesting. Well, well I guess so what I got, I got to ask you then. So. Tux, now that you logged it, what do you think of this as a potential way to register, create accounts in XMR Bazaar, this method? By using the uh, the address as the password? Um, yeah. I mean, it forces people to have a wrong password. But um, So I can show you this. It doesn't show the full thing. So 90 changed, characters, isn't I it? I changed it. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. so it forces people to have like an unbootable password for the most part. But I don't know. It's just... 
kind of kind of weird. Is it bad, is it bad ops? Is it bad think, like security? Maybe yeah. like a hash of your address or something. The address is you know like if you accidentally share it, if you accidentally show it, right? That should this right. should be something you should be able to show. If you accidentally show it, share it. Oh ah, ah, crap! I didn't realize that wasn't my my hushpix password. <laughs> then. Uh, I would rather be able to just set passphrases. Passphrases are, uh, that's what I do for my pet instead of just regular random characters. Interesting, um, but clearly I wasn't paying attention. And at the same time, it doesn't say, hey, that's your password. It just says, hey, no, Monero address. I was like, when I was registering, I was like, oh, it wants my ex. That's, uh, I was expecting password to be somewhere down here or to send me a confirmation email or something. That never happened. Uh, even though you guys are probably just talking about that. No. What I do uh, for passwords is always just uh, use uh key pass the password manager and then i generate like 64 character passwords for everything and i can yeah there you go that's the way to do it i do uh I yeah, do passphrases with it word yeah definitely i do think it's it's slick though it's slick i like it it's i'm trying, I'm I trying to make uh, the login as slick as makes possible people uh have good passwords it forces to uh yeah. i wonder if let's say i try to make an account with um there you can't see the full thing still haha um what if i did like one two three four you know Oh, okay. Yeah, it's actually it's yeah, gonna make yeah. it's gonna make sure it's. I could probably put something fake though. I imagine because you said Monero's ninety six characters, right? So let's say I generate. Um, Unless it's actually checking for six. the characteristics of Monero address. Let's do only alphanumeric, right? Okay. Oh wait, no. Is it ninety or ninety six? No, I I, I think it's using a block explorer to check and see. No, if it's not that quickly. You don't no think way. so? No way, not that quickly. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. That would be a lot of computing power. Monero address count. 95. Close. Very close. Let's try 95. And let me put like an 8 on the front because uh, that means it's a sub-address. 95. Yeah, that will that will definitely work then. Because how else would it be? Copy, paste. I'm going to remove the V at the beginning and put an 8 there. Put an 8. No. <laughs> what did I... Are you sure you didn't paste on top of not completely deleted? No, yeah. It, yep. Okay. Hmm. Weird. I don't know. Is there a certain pattern or something? Or maybe I'll just reload the page. <laughs> I don't know. All right, maybe well, it like maybe it's but, like are there uh, other characteristics to a Monero address? Oh wait, yeah. hold on. Standard format addresses are ninety-five characters starting with a four. Integrated address are six characters. That's a sub address, right? Let me just remove that and do a four. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> so I'm looking at this. Uh, Standard address, 95 characters start with four. Oh, second character can only be a number zero to nine or letters A or B. Okay. So there's some specific, uh, all right, let me try again. 4A. Oh, where did that page go? There we go. Yeah, 4A. 4B? No. No? Okay. <laughs> well, there must be some sort of pattern that it's not getting that is a Monero address. I mean, there's how sure are you that they're not running a block explorer for like compilation of addresses ahead of time and they're comparing it to a database? Oh, I mean, that's true. Like, potentially. That seems like a lot of work but, for that, though. But a Monero address isn't in a block explorer until the very first time it ever transacts. So if I was to create a new wallet right now oh, that's true. and then go yeah. to sign up for it, then it wouldn't be in any block explorer because it never received a transaction. That's true. Anar Anarchia would, would figure this out. Yeah, that I don't know, it's from, a mystery. <laughs> that and from my understanding, uh, uh, the address is never 
public anyway because it's using ring uh the, the ring signatures and stuff ring signatures and rings well it still stuff. exists and it can still be like you can still see monero addresses it's just it's impossible to decipher like what they might actually be up to because everybody yeah, what actual up transactions they were a part of oh, okay and then oh, we cool. waiting through the bajillion monero address i mean i can't even tell you how many monero addresses for all kinds of crap i've had in my life and there's just, i mean to try to comb through such volume would be absolutely ludicrous Talks did we was that the last news story? Yep. Um but I think it was there was one was more with the guy. Do you have, do you have the one? congressman that the con the senator that got uh which senator being the a, one that got a, bribed in gold? Yes, yeah. I just want to bring oh. that story up because uh, I think it's very appropriate. I mean he's he's probably like one of these guys that would sign on to Senator's uh legislation, right, Bill? Um I didn't see right, a, I didn't against, see against money laundering, again? against um I'm, I'm not sure. He's from Jersey. What's his name? Just quick Google. I did hear about it. that. I do remember. I do see. Um, I do see that P2 Pool version 3.7 was released 0.3 days ago. Yo, is that a 15 gold back? Upgrade your P2 Pool. Man just casually shows a 50 gold back. <laughs> yeah. So this this senator was getting paid off in gold and cash. Uh, you know to. He was getting paid by like, which is funny because he was uh, uh, rooting for anti-crypto stuff, right? Well, I don't know if he was, but I think it's just a great example. Um, we all know that that gold could be used for these purposes, cash can be used for these purposes. So, any arguments to make more egregious laws for crypto for purposes of preventing money laundering and things like that is just completely. Lambos can be used. Lambos can be used for this purpose. Uh, Bob Hookers, right? Menendez. Yes, Bob Menendez. Right? Bob but I'm, I'm sure if you if you were to have ta- spoken to this guy a month or so ago before it was exposed that he was a complete crook, uh, I'm sure publicly he would have his opinions of something like Monero would be, oh, I don't know, it's untraceable. It could be used for money laundering. It could be used for this. It could be used for that. Uh, and here he was getting paid off with good old traditional gold and cash. So. The hypocrisy is just amazing, out of control. Amazing with, the, with, with these characters. Yeah, he's a high roller, man. So there you go, guys. Your representatives looking out for your best interests. All right, uh, let's 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 close it out there. I gotta I gotta move on with my day. I'm sure you guys do too. All right, thanks for coming on, guys. Uh, thanks for everyone who tuned in. Y'all have a good afternoon. Thank you for joining us on this week's Monerotopia episode. We stream live shows every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube and Odyssey, or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter or join us in the Monerotopia Telegram group.